Hi, this is Sam Filmus with Impacts Beverages. Put a dram, settle in. This is the Cask Chasers podcast. Bobby, what's up, man? Oh, I'm just hanging out. I'm ho- I'm actually holding a bottle super awkwardly right now over I the realize. floor. Yeah, that's over over the floor, which is a no no. Like, what are you the doing? Tile in my so we're in, we're recording in my kitchen. Um, the tile in my kitchen is about the hardest thing in the world. Yes. Um, is, that, is that Roman concrete? I don't know what it is. I, I know it's it hard. It, anything that hits this tile just shatters. Right? It's you terrible. didn't even flinch when I said I Roman concrete. No, no, as if that's a real thing. That's right. <laughs> good old, good old Roman concrete. But so I'm I'm super super excited about the the show we have today um anybody who has been listening to our podcast for the past i don't even know how many months close to a year really um has heard our impacts ads um either depending on when you've been listening to it either ahead of the show or right in the middle of the meat of the show um and uh impacts beverages is a is a is a brand that we we've really grown to love and we've really grown close with a lot of the people in the brand. Um, Talk a little bit about impacts, Bobby, and and sort of your thoughts there. Well, we're lucky to have them as a sponsor. Um, First and foremost, Um, we say it all the time. We're get if when you get a chance take a look at their portfolio because it is absolutely amazing. Um, You know, Kilhoman, I think, is one of the first that we tasted from them. Of course, you hear us talk about um, Pantaren all the time, an amazing Welsh whiskey, M&H, uh, milk and honey out of Israel, which is glorious. I was, it's I was, amazing. I yeah. was lucky enough to get one of their early samples. And, and then, you know, many more. Um, but they're a great portfolio, great importer, a whiskey importer ran by some of the most passionate whiskey people that I have that, I've met so yet. so that's that's something that's that's always come across to me just with everybody associated with the Impex brand is just how, how real everybody is from the bottom all the way up to the top. Um, very we've great. We've we've thankful thankfully had them as like I said as a as a sponsor. But I think we've been um, you know there a lot of times people have sponsorships and they're just sponsorships for the sake of sponsorships. Yeah, we yeah. actually appreciate the brand. Hundred percent. We 100%. hope that we're uh, we're pushing their uh, their products as much as uh, they're helping to push push our show. So, but yeah. So um, the uh, who. who who we're having on the show today is I I, I kind of see him. We went at, to the top. We went we went to the top. <laughs> Speaking of from the bottom all the way up to the top, this is all the way up to the top, and he's one of the most humble men you'd ever want to talk to. You you'd ever want to meet. President, um, managing director, keeper of the quake, which I hope yeah, we can yeah, get right. into uh, you know later on. But um, CEO of Impex Beverages is Sam Filmus. What's yeah. up, man? Hey, Sam. How are you guys? We're well. Nice to see you, and nice to be on your show. Thank you so much. Thanks for uh, thanks for being a part, and uh, you shared a whiskey with us that um, is really really interesting. Um, it's it's uh, a, a twelve uh, Koila um, 
I think this was from 2008, distilled in 2008, July 4th of 2008, um, which I was telling Sam happens to be uh, my uh, four-year anniversary in 08. Mm-hmm. I was married uh, July 4th, 2004. Um, What's your and, social security number? And it is, no. <laughs> if you get a pen and paper. Um, and I was telling you, Sam, I have a really um, fun connection to Coila and a respect for it. It was one of the first whiskeys I drank on my first trip to Scotland, and um, I drank it in the in the Highlands um, with a with a good friend of mine, and it was just an experience, and that's what whiskey can do for you. So when you reached out and you said, "Hey, um, I'm sending out a bottle of uh, the Coila 12 Year Expression um, from the Impex Collection," I was just I got like butterflies in my stomach. It just felt cool and it felt right. And it just yeah. added a cherry on top of this entire experience. Yeah. So. When, when we found out what it was, I was like, of course, of course, that's what we're going to be yeah. tasting. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah, so. so the uh, Sam, real, real, and we'll, I, I do ultimately want to get into sort of your personal story, your personal joint uh, journey in whiskey and in spirits. Um, but uh, before anything, can we take a moment to appreciate what's behind and so, Sam, this isn't quite on you. I don't. We're we're trying to get things onto YouTube eventually, but right now it's all audio podcast. So for the listeners, um, he has a, a holy grail of of whiskeys behind him. This is behind wall his, uh, of uh, whiskey. It is behind him. I need an I need an address. I need a no, when r- I can come no, visit. Right. Now I, I have a lot of whiskey. Don't get me wrong, but why just the just the, the spread here is absolutely impressive. So well, obviously let me start with you've come with saying that well yeah uh, and it's not the wallpaper. It's it's whiskeys. <laughs> um and I wanted to say the doors to my house are always open for you guys. Oh wow! But the door to my office, where this thing is, uh, is closed. So, <laughs> are you kidding? Sam's got no whiskey um, in his house, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy, Barbara, that I kind of hit a um, home, uh, home run with this Kalila. It was a random pick, but you mentioned the Fourth of July when it was distilled. How important this date is for you? It was bottled on December 16th, which is my wife's birthday. No, accidentally, it, it happened just totally accidentally. There's no uh, connection. It just just happened this way. So serendipitous. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Well, that's that's that that makes it that makes it even more. Now I'll never pour from it again. <laughs> It'll be I, I will. Okay. Prize I'll, I'll collection. just pour from it. No, then. that's amazing. Well, it. it it's funny we talk about with whiskey the connection to whiskey and psychology things like that just make it taste better sure it really sure. just adds something and then of course drinking it with good people and everything but so this is from your the impex um, line and you know recently I guess although you have a IB an independent bottler under the impex umbrella with single cast nation this is actually one of the or the the impex itself IB is fairly new right? Absolutely. I started working on this project about three years ago, and this is edition one that uh, just hit the warehouse floor and basically went in and out to the shelves. And now I see a lot of people looking for it, but a lot of retailers have it left on their shelves. So we're very happy with this, very proud of it. And yes, we also have other independent bottlers in our portfolio, as you mentioned, Simulcast Nation. Uh, which is run by our friends and Joshua, who is part of our Impacts team. We also have Single Malts of Scotland that comes from Elixir Distillers. Mm-hmm. Portus Cake, that's another independent bottler. 
And we just recently brought a independent bottle called Adelphi mm. from Alex oh, Bruce nice. and Conlon McKenzie. That's very so nice. we're kind of trying to build the reputation of being a house of independent bottlers, even though more independent bottles that approach us, we kind of reject rather than bringing. So we're being pretty selective, but still this category grows market-wise and it grows in our portfolio as well. So I, that's a great point, and I'm happy to hear that you're bringing more and more independent bottlers into sort of into the Impex family, if you will. Um, we've done – we literally – the idea to Americans specifically, the idea of an independent bottler is foreign and, you know, they don't really understand what it is to the point where – I was so tired of explaining what an independent bottler is that we literally made a podcast episode about it so right. that when somebody asks me, I can just send them a link. But I think there's a movement now where people are starting to appreciate getting a sample, a unique sample from a distillery. So I, I think, you know, you have your greats, the Alexander Murray, sure. you know, people like that, um, exclusive malts doing it. So I'm glad to see more and more and more coming out because there's some great stuff out there. These distillers just can't get out the door because it's not part of their core line. And I don't want to take away from what's in the impacts portfolio um, outside of, you know, there's whiskeys, there's rums, there's gins. Um, some of the favorites, uh, I think, like I said before, you know, kill Homan. Um, what else do we have? Um, Oishi, which we had recently, mm -hmm. you, you said, you know, Portiskeg, which I'm a big fan of Penderin, which Glen we Allocky. talked about Glen Allocky. So the list goes on and on. It's and a long, good. It's, it's a long list, but, I think each one of those whiskeys, each one of those distillers and producers are creating very passionate and not that other people aren't too. These are some good picks. These are, these are, this is a selection of not just, you know, um, throwaway distilleries or throwaway spirit producers. These are people that really care and passionate. And a lot of them are very new. Is that on purpose, Sam? These newer, um, up and coming distiller, just, you know, just, you know, Kilhoman is only a few years old. Milk and Honey, only a few years old. Why spotlight such new, up-and-coming, amazing distilleries and producers? Well, I think it kind of happened naturally where, you know, we're relatively kind of young company and, you know, we're not thinking of ever selling or bringing to the United States Glenfiddich and McCollin and etc. big, big, well-developed brands. But the young distillers, especially the ones that were consulted by late Dr. Jim Swan, we thought our philosophy was so much, has so many things in common and uh, our passion to, to develop those brands to the level that they deserve. People that are behind these brands, the, the passion uh, kind of were, was matching our uh, passion and, um, you know, desire to, to bring this brands to the United States and, and bring the awareness of it to, to the certain level. So Kilhoman, yeah, it's a youngest still the youngest one on, well, not anymore, but used to be youngest one, the first one to be open on Isla for the last 120, 125 years. Um, and we've been importing it for 11 years. So we were the first and the only importer of it since it was available to sell the United States. Same thing with milk and honey, same thing with you know, Penderian and other distilleries that kind of basically share our philosophies. So you spoke a little bit to, you know, the doing distilleries that 
share your philosophy that are also sort of up and coming much the way you are. I, what I like about Impex specifically is it, it's, it's not those brands that everybody knows, you know, it, it's not, it's not your, your Glenn Morangy, not that there's anything wrong with Glenn Morangy. It's not the, your Ardbeg, not that there's anything wrong with Ardbeg. It's these really fantastic brands that just your your newcomer, I guess, to whiskey isn't going to know about. And I really dig that that's what you guys are sort of bringing to the table here. Um, I would like I would like to know. So you're you have multiple now um, independent bottlers in your portfolio. Why was it important to you and to Impex as a brand to sort of start your own independent bottling and have that in addition to the independent bottlers that you have as part of your portfolio? Sure, Aaron. And that's a great question. I started my whiskey career, single malt scotch whiskey career with independent bottler. That was about, I say about 2002, 2003. I was um, distributing signatory um, independent bottler in the in, in California, because I happen to run a um, JVS Imports, which is a California distributor. And at that time, Ed Cole, who was representing this brand in the United States, approached me uh, saying, would you like to bring that into this uh, state? And I was very excited about that. So that's how it started. But as you said, not a lot of people knew about this category at that time. and. We would come to the store and we would say, oh, you know, hi, this is Sam with Signatory. And they would say, who, what, never heard of it. And then another constant fight, fight with um, decision makers or buyers was like, why does this label look different from McCollum label uh, as an OB, official bottling, or, you know, as a Linkwood label or whatever else uh, was out there as a... Um, official bottling. So that took a lot of lab work to for them to understand. And then, you know, we we kind of went straight in consumer for them to understand the uniqueness and 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 the fact that we're not trying to fight with a distillery list. It's just a compliment. Uh because most of them, if not all at that time, were brought as a one single cask expression of the distillery. And this cask was distilled there. It was matured there was just bottled by a different label. So basically that was the challenge. But as you said, now the category is so popular and a lot of people are educated about that. More and more people want the independent bottles versus maybe uh, distillery releases or having them taste side by side. So it's it's, it's a great category uh, nowadays. And I think it, it's gonna, it, I see a huge future to it as well. I absolutely hope so. Babe. Yeah, honey. You know I don't dig whiskey. I, boy, do I know that. What else you got for me? Like from the Impex portfolio? Well, yeah. Well, you know we do a lot of Japanese products. Yes. We just brought in a product called Hakuto. Talk to me. It's a gin. Mm-hmm. And it's glorious. There's two versions. There's one at 40%. There's one at 47%. The 47% sort of the quote-unquote premium. Mm-hmm. But even at the 40% one, they incorporate yuzu fruit. Okay. Which is like a, a almost like a Japanese mix between uh, a minor lemon and and a tart orange. I'm sold. Really bright and citrusy, uh, almost 
almost cloyingly sweet, but it didn't go over that edge. Okay. Really glorious. Okay. Shall I make you something with that? I would like that, please. A little gin fizz? Sure, babe. Bam. Oh, I forgot to say. Yes. Impex? Yes. Proud sponsors of the Cask Chasers podcast. Nice. Yeah. Early on in my whiskey journey, I would see, I can't even, I don't even, at this point, I don't even know what independent bottler was, but I saw something with like a, a it, like it said Glenfiddich on it, but it wasn't a Glenfiddich bottle. So it's confusing, right? It's jarring to somebody that doesn't know what an independent bottler was, but that made me, me as a whiskey enthusiast, as somebody who was getting into it, like, okay, what is, what is this? What, why does it say Glenfiddich on it, but also this other brand and what's going on there. And so like uh, uh, an interesting thing is that the, the one that we'll be sharing today uh, with you from afar is the Kalila? It is the Impex Collection, the twelve-year um, from Kalila. Kalila has in their core line a twelve-year, and night and day the bottles couldn't be. Yes, there are there are Kalila elements, you know, in the Impex bottle and vice versa, but like it is not the same whiskey, you know. So I, I that's that's one of the really exciting things to me about independent bottlers is that you're getting yes, you're getting something from this distillery you know, or maybe a distillery you don't know. And it's going to taste different. It's going to bring certain things to light. Um, and depending on, you know, who the who the um, independent bottler is, it might give you a nod to things that are important to this independent bottler and things that are important and, to this and, distillery. And just for new listeners, I encourage you to go listen to our independent bottler episode, um, you know, how we kind of try to explain the importance of IBs and why why they're so unique. I mean, I have a 12 year, I have a few 12 year um, Coilas, um, and I, off the top of my head, I can't remember their ABV. It's 40 something, 43 something like that i think so versus you know this one's a 58.4 because uh, obviously it's a single cat it's a it's a cask pick um and that's kind of the importance i think of an ib is uniqueness and looking for to elevate and kind of spotlight sam i think it's you get to do this all the time very you know i'm very envious um, you and your team get to do this all the time but if you've ever gotten the opportunity to go into a distillery you always leave with a bottle of their core line. That's what people do. If you take a tour, you leave with a bottle of their core line. But when you're in the distillery and you get a taste from a barrel, like they take the thief and they pull from the barrel or you get something from the, we've been lucky enough to pull the hearts right off the still and taste that. That's special. So yeah. I think sometimes yeah. experiencing something younger or something raw or something from the barrel is just unique it's fun there's a depth to it and a richness to it that a lot of people it's an experience and i think that's what you get from ibs and speaking of youth i want to talk about you know we talked about kilhoman being you know a little younger of a distillery we had the opportunity to taste um three year a three year um 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 poor and uh i don't remember which one it was but it was three years old very young for a scotch specifically it was glorious. It was amazing. Yeah. It was glorious. So I think it's cool that we're starting to see this movement of IBs bringing us uniqueness. And then young distilleries getting to show their young expressions. And we're getting a better look at, you know, nothing wrong with a 25-year-old Macallan, right? Um, I mean, I don't have $9,000 to spend on or whatever it is nowadays. <laughs> um, but it's neat to experience something youthful and young and and, and flavorful and not secondary necessarily. Um 
do you do you see the IB movement specific with you focused more on? Well, let me ask it a different way. Why do you think IBs are important? What is what is, what do they bring to the table versus why not just go buy you know a Coyula twelve? Why buy the Impex twelve? What what makes an IB? And we're we're fans, but if you're speaking to an you audience, don't gotta, you don't got to sell us on it. <laughs> why an IB? What what do they do for the uh, for the whiskey world? Why are they important? Well, Bobby, I like your expression about cherry on the cake. So, um, again, we select the cast that we think represents the distillery at its best. It's not something against the distillery release. It's something that we think this cask should be tasted by our, you know, consumer as it is. It's kind of its own naked form to show what the single cask could provide, um, otherwise it would have gotten lost in the big, big, you know, Johnny Walker blend or distillery list, uh, you know, single malt version. So basically we also, as a, as a JV, as we also um, represent Black Hatter, it's another independent bottle, Firkin. So again, um, we think as category grows, a lot of people who enjoy single malt scotch whiskey want to know that they're the owner of this particular bottle number out of 262 bottles. And when this cask is gone, it's gone. You cannot repeat it as a wine vintage or it could be similar cask or totally different cask. So if they love that cask, that's why we put all the information on, on, the, on the label, including the cask number. So I think short answer to your question is, People want to feel special and want to have something that will be gone for good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what's, I, that's one of the most bittersweet parts of the whiskey. You know, people ask me, you know, about this hobby and, and what makes it so fun. And we talk a lot about, and for us, it's a hobby for you. It's a career. Well, I guess it's, you know, there's a job aspect to us, sure, too, the media sure. side of things. But people ask me why invest so much time in it. And there's this, you know, almost there, there's something to be lost you know I, I have i have i've had whiskeys that i've experienced that i know as experiencing them with friends or by myself that i'll never get to taste again and it's sad and it's hard to open a bottle sometimes it's hard to you know share a bottle sometimes you know you know i want to give a pour to somebody but i'm thinking well if i give him some then there's less for me in the future um but i think that adds to it and I think, you know, not to make this an IB episode, because that's not what I want to do, but I think that's what makes IB so special. You hit the nail on the head, it gives you a peek in. It's almost like having that tour by the distiller himself or herself and experiencing it as they would as they would show it to you. Well, and it, I think that that's romantic. Yeah, I, you know? and I, we, we've talked before just how, I mean, even in, you know, like... Uh, even in your big brands, you, you can, you can taste, you know, subtle differences from batch to batch. Right. And I mean, doubly, triply, quadruply. So with a, with an independent bottling of something, you know, like you're, you're just not going to get that again. You know what you it's know? like? I don't, but I'm excited to hear. You know what it's like? It's like, you know, you have this, my wife, uh, you know, she's Italian. So, you know, her mom or her dad would make pasta on Sundays and they would make the sauce, and the sauce would be great, and we would all get it on the spaghetti at the end of the day. But if you walked in the kitchen at the right time, you know, he would take a spoonful of it while it was cooking and let you, hey, come taste this, and you would get a taste. Nothing tasted as good 
as that spoonful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even, even 10 minutes even later. Even later when it was yeah, on the plate, yeah. whatever. But I, so I, I think. I that, like that. You know I, what I'm, I mean? I'm glad you, I think I'm glad you said that. Sam, I want to really quickly just talk about, um, have you talk about your personal journey with whiskey, with spirits, with, and you talked a little bit about, you know, before you, before you started, um, with Impex, but uh, where do you come from? What was your introduction to spirits, specifically whiskey? Um, What, what made that a passion for you? And then from there, who is Sam Filmus? (laughs) Well, Aaron, you'll quickly find out that I, like speaking about my whiskeys more than I'm like speaking about myself. But yeah, if you have another three hours on your show, yeah. I'll, I'll start all the time. And do it. Start all the time you need. <laughs> Once upon a time when Sam was a little boy. There you go. <laughs> um, so I come from a very small country that used to be part of Soviet Union called Moldova. And for those who don't know, that's sandwiched between Romania and Ukraine. Um, the second smallest Soviet Union Republic after Armenia. And what Moldova is famous of is the wine making, wine making, um, and also tobacco. So mm. I kind of, you know, a friend of mine out of Chicago started this idea of bringing Moldavian wines into the United States. And then he wanted me to help him sell it in California. And, you know, California has a lot of good wines from Napa and Sonoma and some other counties but we decided to give it a try so for the first couple of years we were just focusing on kind of um eastern european uh wines and spirits that were more like because of nostalgic factors of our generation the generation of our parents but a couple of years later i found out that there's no huge future those wines are more like dessert wines semi-sweet wines and um this is not the category that really enjoyed by a wide variety of consumer. That's where I decided to go with mainstream products. And at that time we were bringing some vodka, some, some other stuff. It was a good intermediate point for me to go mainstream. And then of course, Simon Scotch whiskey, I really loved the concept, uh, the passion of people who are making it. Uh, it just, just happened very naturally. And we started bringing more and more uh, things like mezcal, uh, some rums, some jeans, some uh, cordials uh, to hit the on-prem segment uh, of the market. And then about that was, they started in 1997. In 2008, we opened a company with Ed Cole, who I mentioned before as an importing company called Impacts Beverages. And that was 1998? No, 1997, I started at JVS oh, in I'm 2008. Sorry. 2008, okay, was, I'm sorry. Yeah, 2000, yeah. Which was an so interesting... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sorry. a very interesting time for whiskey. The early, late 90s, early 2000s, there was this elevation, in which you know this better than I do, because I was in high school, um, <laughs> and not drinking... Well, not drinking good whiskey, anyway. <laughs> um, uh, drinking garbage whiskey that I didn't care where it came from. Um, but there was this, you know, kind of beginning of the... Uh, the, the peak of whiskey, I think. You see Jim McEwen, you know, reviving Brooklady. You see, you know, some of the other distilleries kind of coming together and creating. Um, so did you kind of see that happening and growth? I mean, or was it, and 
wine really, as you probably know, influenced the whiskey movement as well. You see a lot of people from the wine world coming to the whiskey world. Was it tough? I mean, that's a that's a big break. I mean, that's a that's a tough start, right? To to sell whiskey back then. It was, but uh, honestly, I didn't have anything to compare it with. So it, I took it naturally. I, I was lucky enough to meet people like Stuart Nickerson, who was reanimating the Glen Glasser distillery at that time. Mm. Um, Michael Urquhart from Ben Romach and the Gordon McPhail. We spent good weeks with him working with his brand in California and some other, you know, good names, reputable names in the industry. So it just, you know, that that's the time when John Glazer was shining with his brand and Robin Robinson was um, the Compass Box brand ambassador for the U.S. It just happened that our ways crossed and the stars aligned the way that I was very happy and lucky to, to, to meet those people. Yeah, those are some well big names in the whiskey world. Yeah, yeah, yeah talk about yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I want to talk about the physical bottle itself for the the M, the Impex collection. Who's your bottle guy? Yeah, yeah. He, because this are, is who is she or he? Because they are killing gr- it. This is great. It's so elegant, I guess. So you've got the. The the Impex, now we're talking about the Impex IB bottle. Yes, specifically. the I, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Impex IB bottle specifically. So you've got this IC for Impex Collection logo on here, and this is all I I don't know how things are done. Screen printed, I don't know onto the onto the bottle itself, and then you've got this super classy label below it that says the Impex Collection Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, Coliella 12 years, and and all of that nonsense. And then on the back here, you've got tasting notes. And I I think I can probably figure out who wrote these particular tasting notes um, just from what I know about the company and some of this wording. Um, but I think these tasting notes are right no, on. No, read them. Read them. I'm going to read them. I already texted him and said, yeah, okay. obviously, so, he wrote this. So uh, th- th- on the back of this particular one, and then this is, again, the Impex Collection Kalila 12-year. It says, Kalila Isla. Tasting notes, heavy and briny, notes of coastal air on a hot, humid day, old fishing nets and boat tar, chipotle-infused olive oil, salted baguettes, and fresh ground coffee. And I, th- all of those things together should not taste fantastic. But Sam, from your, your team, from Joshua, Jared, you know, Chris... Everyone I've spoken to or had the pleasure of speaking to have been the most passionate. They really are. And borderline aggressive yeah. whiskey oh, yeah. lovers yeah. I've ever, yeah. ever met in my entire Almost life. to a frightening degree. Yeah. Yeah. There is some, there is some definite. I, I think that's why we get along with everyone so yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean this. The cult of impacts, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> but very... I. To be frank, I mean, to to a non whiskey drinker, you 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 hear those notes and you go, okay, is that what people want to drink? But it's fantastic, and I think, and very rarely do I think it's that gorgeous, tasting notes are spot on. It's pretty spot yeah. on for it's, this one. I feel like it's got it's got a heavier brine, it's got a a more a, a more pronounced peat than a lot of peat. the wet yeah yeah wet peat mm-hmm. um than a lot of the colilas i've had and I, to your point uh sam it really makes that distillery shine you know and i i really 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 dig this and i'm super jealous that bobby's walking out of my house with this bottle too yeah yeah i'm thankful that i i am i'd have i'd have taken it regardless 
All right, Chasers, we're just going to pause there for this week, but don't worry, we're going to continue this conversation again next week on the Cast Chasers podcast. And in the meantime, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cast Chasers. You can also join our Facebook group. Don't forget to check out our website, which is castchasers.org, for show notes, Cast Chasers swag, and much more. And until next time, remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram, it's all in the chase. <laughs>